Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Tim Pachop, here with the only two twins. I'm going to say it again because I'm excited. Ooh. That just dropped their rankings on our new website, brodofantasy.com. B-R-O-T-O-F-A-N-T-A-S-Y. Dang, Yo, Jason spelled Jason right. just <laughs> murdered you, my I went bro. faster. I just did it succinct. And he actually didn't say dot com, so... We got the second half of the slate coming up. That's true. We got the second half of the slate coming up, starting with the Bengals and Panthers, and going all the way down the slate. Right? Let's get it. I just got to jump in before we start. We forgot to mention something on the first podcast. We were in the car driving here earlier, and we were talking about Hamilton the musical. And because if you haven't listened to the soundtrack, folks, do it. How, it's so good. I can't believe you guys are actually it's life-changing. Like, it's hilarious. You, you imagine that you remember this an hour later. Yeah, an hour, an hour and a half later. We just got to mention it because Both our life revolves around sports so much that we're talking <laughs> about Hamilton. And instead of Aaron Burr, one of the uh, one of our founding fathers, Timmy called him Anthony Barr. <laughs> uh, Linebacker of the Vikings. the Vikings. So at, at Anthony Barr was there when we wrote the U.S. Constitution. Uh, Anthony Barr killed Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> right. Probably funnier to not share on a podcast. Yeah, you know what? Probably, okay. but for probably all you nerds out there, we're also, nerds too. We, uh, also, I entered the Hamilton lottery because those tickets are ridiculous, and I won. So and I dude. saw them in the front row. So jealous for ten dollars. So fucking jealous. Oh, it was and it was amazing. I can see their I can see their sweat beating off their faces. Anyway, another team that's definitely gonna have sweat beating off their faces. Smooth transition. The Bengals. As they travel to Carolina to take on the Panthers, the Bengals' offense has been absolutely on fire. Um, Andy Dalton, last week, 265 yards and four touchdowns. Um, in his in his last 16 games with his new offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, uh, he has over 3,000 yards passing, 31 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. Andy Dalton has been an absolutely fantastic quarterback the last 16 games. Um, what do we think about his streaming potential this year, this week? We think he's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback, too. I'm not trusting him just yet. He's on the road. Um, I trust him more at home. I know he's been pretty good so far this season. But even week one at Indy, 243 yards and two touchdowns, so nothing to really write home about. Uh, so I'd like to see him do it on the road before I start him. Yeah, Michael? Basically, same. I agree. Uh, Joe Mixon is out in the hottest way to pick up. Uh, in the world right now is Giovanni Bernard. No, no lie. Someone paid fifty dollars fab for Giovanni Bernard in our league. I could not believe what I was looking at. Why? I think it's a great deal for fifty dollars. Well, our league is one hundred sixty, so okay it's a third too. of the fab price, and he's going to be a running back on for four weeks. Four weeks. Two like, to four. Two to four. Probably four. Yeah. It's a running back. We'll see. Mixon also said that he has a slight tear in his meniscus, which is not good. It's not as bad as the ACL or the MC. Or but talk about Gio Bernard. He, when he does play, he's a superb fantasy option, as he will be this week as a low-end RB1 or high-end RB2. So, I mean, people might say Mark Walton is going to steal some work. Mark Walton was inactive, though, so last week. It's not like he's just going to come and step in and play a lot. See, that's where me and you disagree. We, we were having this argument on the street the other day where you're bugging to you're like someone can't just be inactive and then come in but i give you the cameron artist pain approach where if two players do the same thing why activate two players i i would imagine that there is a chance that Gio bernard keeps his role now i don't think it's gonna happen i think Gio bernard becomes the guy to own but there's a chance Gio bernard keeps his role just being the passing down guy just being on third down no and Mark Walton runs in between the tackles. Gio Bernard has only had over 20 carries twice in his entire career. He's not known to be very, very durable. So I don't know if Mark Walton will be fantasy viable, but I think it's a guarantee that Mark Walton will see action. I don't see Walton getting more than like four or five carries. Walton doesn't have pain in his name, so he's very he's not as intimidating as Cameron Artis Payne. <laughs> Honestly, he does have Walt, though. That bad joke needs to be applied in the situation because it's a it's a bad joke that you're even mentioning his name <laughs> on this podcast. That's True. a good save, Jason. Good save. So uh, that's about it. Geo's are RB1, high-end RB2. Agreed. On the passing uh, front, AJ Green went apeshit, three touchdowns, uh, but only 69 yards. In terms of the cat, the reception and yards leader, this is someone that I want to talk to you guys about. Tyler Boyd. 
This is, this is a guy that I'm liking a lot. Clearly the second option for Andy Dalton in an offense that has supported second options for years now. Oh, so you're finally coming off John Ross, huh? Uh, uh, I mean, you have to. You know, the, you know. It's clear that he's not the two. Yeah. You yeah. can't be yet. Yeah, John Ross is clearly the home run or bust guy. Um, six receptions, ninety-one yards, and a TD. Personally, I picked up Tyler Boyd. I'm going to start him over Corey Davis this week in our money league. How do you guys feel about Tyler Boyd this week? Uh, I thought that Boyd was a solid pickup. You outbid me for him. I didn't put too much money. I didn't like. Yeah, him. I got. Se- I put seven bucks yeah, on. I didn't need him, but uh, mm-hmm. someone worth owning. But again, like I said, even if you look back at last year. Uh, at the end of the season, like you said, the last 16 games, Dalton's been good. It's been a pretty significant home road split. So, on the road, I'm not really trusting Tyler Boyd. I think he'll have good flex-type games. Like, you could put him in your flex at home. I'm not trusting him this week. Yeah, I'm also not sold on Andy Dalton supporting two receivers. He never really supports two receivers through a full season. I mean, Brandon LaFell had some startable games. When Brandon LaFell had years of like two. 900 yards and five touchdowns. We're going to have to look into that. I'll look, I'll look into it while you uh, break this down. Uh, I mean, there's there's nothing really to break down. I'm not starting Tyler Boyd. <laughs> Just <laughs> talking least, about other players. At well. least not this week. I do have him ranked in my top 50, though, so not completely out there. LaFell went for 862 and 6 in 2016. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And last year he went for 548 and 3, which is... Mm. No, that's terrible. But the <laughs> in 2014, he went for a 953 and seven. That was with Tom Brady throwing the ball. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> New England. <laughs> I see. <laughs> you mean Andy Dalton's not you, Tom Brady? I see you Google career stats. No, 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 no. I'm on a pro, pro football, football reference. reference. Yeah, Great yeah. Spot. That's, that's where I get all stats. my stats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we went a little off the road here. AJ Green start him. Tyler Throw Boyd. Yeah. Like Jason said, trust him more at home. And but then. Tyler Eifert? Tyler Eifert. His playing time went up last week. He ran 30 routes, but he's still sharing time with Croft and yeah. uh, Uzoma. What's his name? Uzoma. So not someone you could trust at the moment. It sucks because uh, he, you could tell he lost a step because of his injuries. He's not the same guy. I he mean, that's what happens when you have like three back injuries. He's not the same tight end that he used to be. That was really bad. How does that song go again? Not the same tight end that he used to be. He the tight end! So much for doing this episode quicker, guys. Um, Cam Newton is the quarterback for the Panthers. <laughs> Listen, kill a Cameron. Kill a Cam. I told Jason to start him last week. He was talking to the, let me tell you all this stuff about how the Falcons shut down Kill a Cameron. And I said, hold up, it's gonna be a shootout. Just let Kill a Cameron do his thing. So funny that you keep call him calling Kill him Kill a Cameron three times in the same sentence. You're really making a point here. Uh, well, three thirty-five. In the air with three TDs is a point, and Absolutely. so is five carries for 42 yards. You're you trying go. to tell me that 29 fantasy points is good? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know someone that sat Cam Newton for Pat Mahomes, there and I was knows. so happy that he did it, and then I was not happy. I ended up beating the person with Pat Mahomes last week. Holla at your boy. I had Stefan Diggs, though, so I, that, that, that explains that. Um, Cam Newton uh, is definitely a play at quarterback. Uh, there's nothing in the Cincinnati Bengals He's defense. He's an QB one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you're playing someone against, like, the Jaguars, you do consider sitting him. Um, Christian McCaffrey, 14 receptions for 102 yards. Unlike Saquon Barkley that we talked about earlier where his uh, he, he was just, like, the dump-off guy, He's they're clearly running plays for Christian McCaffrey. Listen, I, I went – in depth last week about why they would use Christian McCaffrey underneath a lot against the Falcons with injuries to Deion Jones and Keanu Neal. I was not expecting 15 targets or 14 receptions, but that's how often they used him underneath without Deion Jones and Keanu Neal. It resulted in 100 yards. He only ran 18. He only excuse me. He only ran eight times. Didn't even reach 40 rushing yards, and he didn't even score. And he still had 21.9 half PPR points. This is why people were drafting him so early in nope. fantasy drafts. He did not score a touchdown, and he had eight rush attempts, and he had 21.9 points. He's never going to be the guy that you get in your first round, like Melvin Gordon that puts up three touchdowns in a game and wins you a week. McCaffrey will never what? win you a week. 21.9 points is good. I hope it's he good. puts up yeah. two touchdowns next this 21. week. 21.9 points isn't enough to win you a I'll week. I'll make a bet that McCaffrey does not have a multi-touchdown game this year. I mean, I don't want to make that bet. It's huh. not happening. Devin Funches, we told you that he was going to get more looks with Olsen out, and he did. He went yeah. for he went lucky sevens, seven for seventy seven. That's right. Um, yeah, Devin Funches was a, is a good play. Continues to be a good play as long as Olsen's not there. As long as Olsen's not there, because when Olsen was there, yeah. I did not understand it at all. I don't know why people were starting him. Yeah, people who drafted Funches got bailed out a bit, but 
Good for them. He's a. I have him as a wide receiver twenty four this week. Yeah, I think you're bugging. I, of course you do. I think it's a little high, Michael, but I, do, I, I see it. I see it. I think he's a wide receiver three. I am very interested to see DJ. I have him as thirty three. I'm very interested to see DJ Moore's usage and snap count this week. Because he did have the, he had the one play. Now here's the thing. Crazy, real quick though. Yeah, go ahead. DJ Moore now has more regular season touchdowns than Corey Davis. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, regular season keyword. Um, Jarius Wright, DJ Moore, and Torrey Smith all caught touchdowns. If you could play like wide receiver two for the Panthers, fire game. Um, but unfortunately, you can't play all that. Jarius Wright had five catches, 62 yards. DJ Moore had one catch, the long catch. Torrey Smith had three catches for 33 yards. Just no consistency there. What I found a little concerning for Funches is they came out with the one wide receiver and at the goal line, and they threw it to Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith was the receiver, and he caught the touchdown. Not what you want to see if you own Funches. Definitely not. Uh, CJ Anderson continues to... Uh, by the way, Cincinnati's allowed eight mediocre. catches at least to each running back in a game this season. So, CMC. Fire up your CMC. Uh, let's go to the next game. Broncos at Ravens. The Broncos came back to win last game. Uh, Case Keenum, we thought he was going to be a great streaming option. Ended up he was not. Uh, 19 for 35 with 222 yards and interception. Uh, ugh. Are you uh, considering him against the Ravens this week? I think he's fine as a QB, too. I'm not going to trust him as a QB1 this week. Uh, this game just screams to me defensive battle. I'm not really super interested in, from a fancy standpoint. Sanders is the only guy I really like out of this game because Jimmy Smith is still not – he's still suspended. He's still not with the Ravens. So, I mean, and he's shown a rapport with Case Keenum. He had that huge week one. And then last week, even though despite Case Keenum having 16 passing yards at halftime, Emmanuel Sanders ended with four receptions and 95 yards, putting up solid numbers. I'm trusting Emmanuel Sanders. DT, I'm a little less confident about. I think he's like a low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three type, more wide receiver three. But that's what I feel about the uh, – I'm not trusting Cortland Sutton. Would you trade Chris Thompson for DT? Oof. Probably not. That's tough. Someone offered me that, and I said no. Yeah, probably didn't do it. I mean, call me crazy, but Keenum had a rushing touchdown last week. He ended with almost 16 points. If I called that QB draw, by the way. I'm not that angry about that. Michael did call that QB draw. He did. Michael, he's looking at the fire receivers. Why? He's like, yo, guys, QB draw. I'll bet you right now. I'll bet you right now. No one better. And then Philip Lindsay moved out of the backfield. I was like, oh, empty backfield. No one's going to expect it. QB draw. <laughs> Catches it and just runs straight towards the end zone. Speaking of Philip Lindsay, 14 carries for 117, 107 yards. Um, what do we think about Philip Lindsay, guys? He's looking good. I think it's time to start believing that Philip Lindsay is the back to start in that backfield. Here's my counter argument for that. Royce Freeman is the running back on running downs. So Royce Freeman has faced more players in the box 65% of the time. But Royce Freeman as opposed to Philip Lindsay, who only faces more players in the box one of every four attempts. Freeman also saw less snaps than Devontae Booker. Lindsay and Booker last week. So and Philip Lindsay start him? was super efficient. Over 100 yards on 10 carries. If you had Royce Freeman and someone offered you Philip Lindsay straight up, would you do make that trade? Probably. Lindsay Freeman for Lindsay or rather have Lindsay? So if you own Lindsay and someone offered you Freeman, are you accepting that trade? No. no. That's a like game I like to what play myself. That's a game I like to play with myself in the backfield. So it's all right. Would I trade for this person? Would I trade one person for the other person? And if you're... So let's say I would trade Royce Freeman for Philip Lindsay, but I would also trade if I had Philip Lindsay for Royce Freeman. I know that I'm probably going to stay pat with who I have. Right. That's the game. That's the mental game I play with myself. I mean, when, when I compared Lindsay to Tariq Cohen last week, his week one burst, outburst, uh, I'm, I no longer believe that at all. They Vance Joseph did say that he wants to use a hot hand approach, which I'm not completely buying. Philip Lindsay has been far superior the first two games, so I mean this is a big, big tell game here. I want to see Philip Lindsay on the road. Yeah, he grew up in Colorado. He went to Colorado for college, got drafted by Denver. Let's see him. Let's see him do it on the road. I like Lindsay as a low end running back too this week though. Let's move on to the Ravens. The Ravens had a big game. Offensively, Joe Flacco, 32 for 55, 376 yards, two TDs and two interceptions. Um, his favorite target was John Brown. He had 92 yards and one TD. John Brown is my favorite waiver wire ad as a wide receiver this week. 
Yeah. Uh, John Brown is someone that I think has gained the trust of Joe Flacco, and I think he's the number one in that offense now. Uh, Michael Crabtree is so touchdown def- dependent, it's nuts. Uh, he hasn't passed 60 yards in like almost a year, so it's not really someone you... Uh, it's not really someone you want to start. John Brown, on the other hand, he's looking like the preferred red zone target, and he actually gets yards too. So if I'm starting a Ravens wide receiver, it's going to be John Brown, and not like years past. The Broncos' pass defense is bottom in the league in a lot of passing categories. They've been better against the run so far this year. So, Makes sense. They're dominant front seven, not great secondary for the first time in a while. Yeah, so I'm trusting John Brown here. Crabtree, not so much. And then when it comes to Alex Collins, he's seen only 20 touches on the year, and Denver's been good against the run, as I said. So Alex Collins is not someone that I'm loving this week, especially because Buck Allen seems like he's the goal line back and the pass catching back. So really, what is there for Collins to do? It's crazy because he's so much better. You see him, and he's so much better, and that's why you want to start him. Yeah. John Brown's out here playing like his rookie season, so I agree. He He's definitely someone got to show some interest in. Crabtree, I'm not starting as Jason said too, and agreed, not loving Alex Collins, but he's he's clearly the superior back. He We were watching the Thursday night game. He, it was national. A lot of people were probably watching it, and he's just breaking tackle after tackle, forcing extra yards that weren't there to begin with. So I just, I'm not, I'm not following what the Ravens are doing with their backfield, but hopefully for Collins' sake, he starts getting more work because talent usually does win out. So we'll see. Yo, Shady, Willie Sneed, 14... 14- Targets, nine catches, 103 yards in the season, so 50 yards a game basically, and a touchdown in the season. Yeah. Sneaky play. Say, I'd rather start Snead than Crabtree this week, probably. That's not even that crazy of a take. Mark Andrews, though, had a touchdown last week on four targets, played more snaps, and he, uh, Hayden Hurst is still not playing. So You're looking at Mark Andrews. I'm looking on the other side. Jake Butt. His target count went from four to six last week, and he's put up a solid amount of yards each week. Someone I'm keeping an eye on. He's he's basically Keenum's new Kyle Rudolph. Anyone else you'd like to mention on offense for the Ravens? Well, I'm not starting Flacco. I know it's like the new thing to talk about. Flacco's <laughs> been good recently, but the new thing. I don't know. I'm considering I'm considering streaming Flacco if I need to. Um, Denver. Yeah, they're like I said, their secondary is not great. Their defense is still good though. Um, let's go on to the next game. The Saints, uh, take on the Falcons in Atlanta. Let's talk about the Saints. Michael Thomas, guys, is an absolute beast. You're... Go ahead. No, he just said you're... He said... No, I'll, oh, I'll the, go if you want. He said, like, you're... I thought you were going to give me a compliment. Like, I gave you a compliment last time about how I had Mike Thomas as the second overall receiver in the entire league this year. And no one... Everyone's like, oh, how could you put him over Julio and OBJ? You know, this is how. He's an absolute monster. Uh, 12 catches for 89 yards and two touchdowns for the monster that is Michael Thomas. Um, Drew Brees chipping away for two, 243 and two touchdowns. Um, Alvin Kamara had a kind of a slow game. Not an Alvin Kamara type game that you would expect, but still put up almost 100 yards from scrimmage. Still caught six balls. Um... Mike Gillisley didn't get minus one. That was nice, but didn't do anything production-wise. Ted Ginn, four for 55. How do you guys feel about these guys against the Falcons who are missing Keanu Neal in that in that secondary? Listen, every week we mention that Atlanta has given up the most passes to running backs in the last three years. Alvin Kamara point. might be the number one player this week. Christian McCaffrey had 14 catches last week. If you're not putting Alvin Kamara in your daily lineups, then you don't want to win money. Uh there's just so much to love about Kamara this week. And also Michael Thomas. In his career, he's averaged over 100 yards and almost a touchdown per game against Atlanta. And that was before he was the Michael Thomas that gets 20 targets a game. So expect even more. So I have Kamara and Michael Thomas in one of our leagues, and I wouldn't be surprised if they got me 50 points. Me neither. Uh, DVOA was uh, last year 21st in DVOA against the running back last year. McCaffrey just worked. The Atlanta defense pass catching, and he's basically no disrespect to McCaffrey, but he's like Kamara light, in my opinion. Like he's just a slightly worse version of Alvin Kamara. Smaller, wider. So, so yeah, worse. Alvin Kamara's all set up to go off. Michael Thomas is a beast. Ginn is an interesting dart throw. Uh, last week it didn't work out. At home, I don't him. trust him. I mean, on the road, I don't trust him. I could, I could see that, but. They play better at home, so you could also say if they're down, they're going to be throwing more. 
Atlanta no, gave has just been better at home for the Saints. Atlanta gave an average of forty eight yards a game to the tight end. They're not very good against the tight end. Benjamin Watson has a chance to score in this one. I like him as a streaming tight end this week. You're just saying that because you're forced to have him in your lineup. No, yep. I got ASJ too. Uh, we have Watson as our 18th. He's very touchdown dependent. Someone I want to mention actually, Traquan Smith. Sean Payton said that he knows the playbook better now and that they want to get him more work. He was the talk of the town coming out of um, the preseason. He just looked very dynamic. And that slot spot is open. So if you have an open roster spot, if you have a John Ross on your team or something, drop him, pick up Traquan Smith. And if he has a big week, then when people go to pick him up from the waiver wire, you'll already have him. You're just saying that because you picked him up. Yeah, I did that for that reason. <laughs> I'm just playing. Oh, there because you um, said that. Yeah, yeah. Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Uh, Matt Ryan had himself a good game, but still didn't, Ice. still didn't throw two over two touchdowns. Matty Ice put in work, Tim. Still put in work. For over two years, put no touchdowns. Work. He saved it with his legs. Yes, he saved it with his saved legs. With his you legs. know, he should you run more often haters. because his arm isn't great. Guys, he threw some, like, quacking ducks over the top to Julio Jones. But we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, in terms of fantasy, he had a great he game. He had 270 passing yards and two touchdowns. 272 right? passing yards, right, Michael? Yeah. Uh, uh, two rushing touchdowns. Let's talk about the backfield, though. Devontae Freeman's not going to play. Uh, what's the outlook for Tevin Coleman? Tevin, Tevin Coleman was not quite the workhorse that you expected. You expect him to get all the touches. Ito Smith actually had a third of the touches. He had 10 Nine. rushes slash targets. Rushes Nine rushes. Targets. Okay, yeah. One, and a target, one target compared to Coleman's 20 rushes plus targets. But Coleman is still locked into a lead role, and the Atlanta lead running back is always a great start. I wouldn't be surprised if Devonta Freeman is uh, not long for Atlanta because Edo Smith looked looked like he was impressive, and Tevin Coleman has been impressive while he's been out. Well, I mean, Tevin Coleman is a free agent at the end of the year. so Or maybe Tevin Coleman doesn't come back then. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they go forward with Edo Smith. Jason? Coleman had over 120 yards last week, so I don't know what we're talking about. When Freeman's out, he's a high-end running back, too. Yeah, I agree. I'm no, just saying yeah. he wasn't quite the bell cow that people expected. It doesn't matter. He got He's 66% of the touches. You expect him to get like 85. Last week, he was the running back 13 or something. He didn't even have a touchdown. Bro, I just said he's a high-end running back, too. <laughs> I love I love Tevin Coleman personally this week. Let's go to the, uh, the passing options. Julio Jones, guys. What's good with him? Uh, he's going to get Marshawn Lattimore for a lot of the time. But, I mean, the Saints have been getting torched to the air. Tyrod Taylor and Ryan Fitzpatrick have combined for over... 660 passing yards against them. Well, 595 of those was Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> in the first game. It'll, uh, yeah, it'll, I think the Saints defense is a lot better than they're showing right now. But, I mean, it's Julio Jones. You got to start him. Someone I'm more interested in, someone I just added, uh, is Calvin Ridley. I was about to ask you about Calvin Ridley. Played more snaps, had four receptions, 64 yards, his first NFL touchdown. Now is more regular season touchdowns than Corey Davis. Someone to keep an eye on or speculatively add. <laughs> Regular season <laughs> keyword. So, yeah, I, I added him to the back of my bench. He outplayed Sanu last week. So, I mean, if he continues to – because Sanu had some startable weeks last year. If he takes over that wide receiver two-ish role, then he could have some startable weeks there. I agree. Julio went 598 and 7-149 last year against New Orleans. And I know he didn't score that many touchdowns, but he, those numbers are still wide receiver one numbers. And if he gets into the end zone, thank you. I like Ridley this week as well because he's going to go up against Ken Crawley. And Ken Crawley has already allowed over 200 yards and three touchdowns this season. So, different from last year. I'll tell you that much. Guys, if you don't hear us saying ranks, just want to put that out there. Like, they rank here and this. They got DVOA here and here. It's too early for that. Uh, they've only played two games. Just so you know. Oh, like overall. Like overall. Ranks. Like, this, this This team ranks here against the, the run. The NFL, you don't. Until like week six, seven. I would say week five. I say I'd say completed after five four. Weeks. I always say this on VM every time we do our picks. I always say after, uh, when we're picking for week five, okay, it's official. We can no longer look at last year's stats at all. We have now have to go from this year's point of view. That's also usually where I turn up on the picks. I think I it's think that's no. more so after five weeks, but yeah, definitely around that time is when you get a much clearer vision of how the year is most likely to go. Um, big game for Austin Hooper. Five for 59 with a touchdown. Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper always comes out with games like this. The only problem with him is you can never know when it's going to come. But yeah. when he's effective, he's super effective. He could, uh, if they ever actually utilize a tight end, he could become pretty 
valuable, I think, but not not yet. The next game, the Chargers at the Rams this is going to be one go of those Chargers go slobber knockers. Um, I don't really know if we could talk about any of the things that happened last week with any type of like. I don't know. Conviction. Yeah, because it's against the Bills. Uh, but Phillip Rivers had a and big the Rams game. Rams faced the Cardinals. Um, Austin Eckler, 11 carries for 77 yards. Uh, also added three catches for 21 yards. Melvin Gordon only had 28 yards uh, rushing, but he got in the end zone. He only had 38 yards receiving, but he got in the end zone twice. He then went to the locker room with cramps, a.k.a. the let's not hurt me during this against these scrubs. Um, disease. Uh, let's. What? But what about the Rams? The Rams are a completely different story. Um, we've seen them dominate and shut down people uh, so far in the beginning of the year. How do you guys feel about Melvin Gordon in this one? Melvin Gordon is one of the safest floors in the league. He's gonna get the rushes. He's gonna get passing looks. And if anyone's gonna score a touchdown on the team, it's probably Melvin Gordon. So Malco is not someone I'm worried about in this game. Uh, Philip Rivers, on the other hand, is not someone I'm starting. I know that. The Rams have only played Derek Carr and Sam Bradford, but they still have Tlaib and Peters on the outside, Sue and Donald on the line. So they have a very good defense. Uh, Chargers are going to be on the road. Phillip Rivers, is, this is not somewhere I like him this week. So I'm opposite on Jason here. Melvin Gordon, I think this is, if there was ever a time for him to bust, I think this is clearly it. I would not be surprised if he does not find the end zone this week, which has been his f- fallback the last two years for his games where he didn't put up yards. Fallback. He's one of the best catching receivers in the league. He's one of the best volume receivers in the league. You guys are using fallback in a completely wrong way. <laughs> Does he know? Well, I was mocking Michael for saying whatever. <laughs> I'm just if he doesn't get, there's a lot of games where, like last week, he had three touchdowns. How about Austin Eckler? What do you think about him? Eleven carries for 77 yards, becoming more and more part of the offense. PFF has him, I think, as like the third ranked running back overall so far this year. I think this is going to be a <clears throat> Melgo, Keenan, and Eckler game. Keenan Allen's facing Roby Coleman out of the slot, while the Williamses will occupy Talib and Peters. So I want nothing to do with them. Keenan will do well against Roby Coleman, and then Eckler will be getting some looks out of the backfield, and he's been very efficient with them so far this season. I think Eckler has some. Flex appeal. Michael? I'm not trusting, really trusting Eckler this week. I don't like the matchup at all against the Rams. I think it's going to be more of a Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen type game and maybe some shots downfield. But uh, I'm just I'm not loving the Chargers backfield at all this week. It's just it's not rubbing me the right way. The Rams ladeth the smacketh down on the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Jared Goff, 354 yards. And a touchdown, another touchdown that he probably should have got that uh, was dropped. Um, Jared Goff was one of those guys that you could get really late in the draft, and he's a pretty viable top 12 quarterback play. He um, also completely missed Robert Woods in the end zone again. That's frustrating. (laughs) Um, What do you guys think about Goff this week against a pretty good Chargers defense? But a Chargers defense that is not the same without Joey Bosa. It's still banged up. They've got a bunch of injuries going on. So... His hands aren't quite as full as they were expected to be when coming into the year. So I think Goff is solid potential here. Another guy that got uh, afflicted with the my opponent sucks ease. Um, Todd Gurley scored three touchdowns and then decided he was going to go into the locker room and just chill. Um, Malcolm Brown, 12 carries, 46 yards, not nothing to scratch at. You are starting Todd Gurley no matter what, obviously. Always. Let's, but let's get to those passing options. Brandon Cooks is the one that stands out this time. Uh, seven receptions for 159 yards for Brandon Cooks. I think. How do we feel about him against the um, Casey Hayward in a tough matchup? I think that this is a Cooks-Woods uh, game. The Chargers are along 15 yards per completion. That's the most in the league. And the Rams, the Rams love to take deep shots, and those deep shots go to Cooks and Woods. We've seen Goff misconnect with Woods a lot of times, but Woods leads the team in targets and air yards. So if they connect one time this week, they can easily. <laughs> There can be a very nice game for Robert Woods. And also, Brandon Cooks ran nearly 40% of his routes last week out of the slot. Why is that significant? Because they probably did that so that he could avoid Patrick Peterson. So basically, all Rams wide receivers are matchup proof. It doesn't matter that Keith Hayward's on the other side because they're all going to move around. Uh, Cup is the most touchdown dependent of the three. And I feel like this is a game where they might rack up some yards. So I'm liking Cup, Cook, Cooks and Woods here and Cup not so much. I also have... Cooks and Woods and a little off about Cup for this game. So I was actually right up there with Jason for this one. 
Woods had six receptions at 81 yards last week, which is a solid game. But I would not be surprised if he has an even bigger game this week. And Cooks feels like he's separating himself a little bit as, like, the lead guy there. So we'll see how that goes coming into this week. But Cooks, I still think Cup is a wide receiver three-ish play this week. But I like Cooks and Woods better. Bears at Cardinals is the next game that we Uh, have. On the list, the first t- player I want to talk about is not a player. It's a defense. The Chicago Bears defense is a must-start in this game, an absolute must-start. Uh, they got a shit ton of sacks. Last time I checked, it was six. I can't remember if it was right. Uh, they returned the pick six. I started them in a league, and I just padded my way to a giant victory. It was great. Um, they, now they play this week the Cardinals, who took one snap in the opponent's territory last week, and that was on the second-to-last snap of the game that's right let's talk about the the bears offense first uh guys mitch trubisky sucks yep. uh 200 yards two tds two interceptions uh if anyone else was the quarterback this would have been a much 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 different game but they won anyway uh you're not starting mitch trubisky but let's talk about his weapons though um alan robinson 10 receptions for 83 yards are you back on the a rob train i'm looking at alan robinson as the slightly preferable version to Corey Davis, where he's seeing a lot of volume, but it's not a lot of good volume. But it looks, it looks to me like Trubisky just he has he just can't go past his first read, and his first read most of the time is Allen Robinson. Um, before I go on to the next person, Michael's pimple update. Um, it's gotten bigger, and the whitehead is out more. It's like it's challenging me. You're so weird. Pop it while I talk. <laughs> Pop it while I talk. Uh, uh, Trey Burton. We're all yeah. up on Trey Burton. What's good with Trey Burton, guys? It, like This is now two games where he's not getting the type of love that we expect I'm him to get. I'm officially worried about Trey Burton because they just reverted away from everything they were doing in the preseason where Trey Burton was super involved, and Trubisky can't get past his first look of Allen Robinson. So, yeah, worried Burton about Trey Burton. Burton did save his game with the touchdown. I think Nagy will utilize him. I'm not too concerned. What I am, con- what I was concerned about, I was tweeting about it a lot during the game. They were just not using Jordan Howard. It made no sense. Nagy acknowledged that after the game. I was happy about it. He said that Howard has to get more work. And if there was ever a week to do that, Jordan Howard is going to feast. In week one, the Cardinals allowed two different running back ones. Adrian Peterson ran for over 100 yards. Chris Thompson caught a touchdown and caught a bunch of passes. And then last week, they allowed the overall running back one, Matt Breida. So basically, when you look at the teams they're facing, Washington had the running back one overall against Arizona. San Francisco had the running back one overall against, what's it called? Arizona. Arizona. Jordan Howard is going to kill it. Yeah, this is Jordan Howard every year has that uh, signature explosion game early in the year that sets off his season. This is going to be it. The Cardinals have given up by far. The most points to running backs, as Jason just said. Like, it's not even close. If you can somehow buy Jordan Howard low, buy him low. Uh, Tariq Cohen can be dropped. Uh, I mean, give him one more week, I'd say. What about Anthony Miller? What you, Anthony Miller. He's another speculative ad guy. Two receptions, 11 okay yards, and a touchdown. I'd be okay with him on my bench. But he has a lot of talent. He passes the eye test. Well, yeah, of course. But, I mean... It's Mr. Trubisky, so. Uh, let's go over to the Cardinals. Ugh. Um, wow. I have the St. Louis Cardinals stats up. That's how you know no one cares about the Cardinals. Um, David Johnson, guys. As a person who drafted David Johnson with the second overall pick. Did we talk about Allen Robinson? Yes. We did. I don't know why I just blanked on yeah, that. Because you're pulling a Timmy right now. Because I, I wanted to say when we talked about Allen Robinson... Alan, Alan, <laughs> I guess I was thinking about this instead of listening to you guys. If you didn't listen to last episode, we discussed that A-Rob might be a Blake Bortles disciple. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Sam Bradford, listen to these numbers, guys. 17 for 27, 90 yards and an interception. I think he like set a record for most attempts with less than 100 yards passing. I'm pretty it, sure he did. Is David Johnson going to get Todd Gurley'd? Like, remember when Todd Gurley sucked because Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher was his coach? So, Chase Edmonds has more targets than David Johnson. And David Johnson, two years ago during his breakout year, he was the number one ranked PFF receiver. 
Not out of running backs, not out of receivers, not out of tight ends. Of all three, he was number one ranked. And they're not using him as a receiver. They said they're going to start using him more. Coaches say a lot of things. This week is big. For yeah, David Johnson it Myers. is big. And they, they say they're going to lose him out of the slot. And he's facing a defense in the Bears that is beatable. It's a solid defense. It's a solid defense, but they're beatable. They you can you can put up points against them. Aaron Rodgers showed that. Right. So let's see. David while, Johnson. Show while up. David Johnson's air yards and routes run per game are lower, his target share is the same as twenty sixteen. This has a lot to do with that Cardinals just sucking. Uh, any update on Larry Fitzgerald's oh, injury? Also. Sorry, go ahead. The Cardinals have run less than a hundred plays. They have run the least amount of plays of any team since like 1930 in the first two games. Disgusting. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, will he be on the field? Do you guys have an update on him? He is expected to play. He is expected to play. If he plays, are you playing him? Yeah. Wide receiver, three. Christian Kirk, no play. Ricky Seals-Jones, no play. It's really just David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the Cowboys and the Cardinals. The Cowboys. Call! The Cowboys and the Seahawks. Seahawks. Yeah. Damn it! I almost made it through a whole sh- two shows. Come on, Tony. I jinxed. You know it, that's man. not how it works. I jinxed it. All right, Cowboys at the Seahawks. I saw a lot of concerning things from the Seahawks as just like a guy who breaks down the games, not for fantasy. Um, it's going to be a long year for Seattle. But let's go. To, let's go on the fantasy side and let's talk about Seattle. Chris Carson uh, inexplicably disappears in the second half of the game. Uh, his coach says it's because he was fatigued from playing special teams. Uh, bullshit. Want to hear something crazy? The special teams coach took Carson off of special teams because he was running well. And apparently he wasn't rushing because Pete Carroll wanted him to be on special teams. Like, what? That organization sounds like it has its shit together. Um, Rashad Penny got most of the work in the second half. Uh, didn't do much with it. 10 carries for 30 he yards. He looks bad, dude. Yeah, he, he looks does. ridiculously overweight. He he's like Eddie Lacy out there. Like I don't know what happened to him. He had a lot of hype coming out of college. I know he he gained like fifteen pounds or so, but and he got hurt. But I mean, it's just it's not looking good for him. Not for nothing. Chris Carson six for twenty four. It's not the most, but it's a four yards per carry average, and he just continues to produce every time he touches the ball. Yeah, I know. Mike it's, Davis even got three doesn't carries. Doesn't make any sense. I saw Mike Davis carrying the ball. I tweeted, "Why is Mike Davis here?" Like Michael asked me like four times. Was like, stop asking me. I don't know. Um, but this week, are you starting anyone in the backfield? No, Absolutely not. not. Not even considering it. Uh, Seahawks running backs and Dallas wide receivers. Get them out of your head. That's true. And any Bills player. What about Russell Wilson? How you guys feeling about him? Because a lot of people drafted him high, and he has not been that guy. We Listen, have guys, him at 12. When I was in the offseason, when I was talking about Russell Wilson not being Russell Wilson, you guys were like, oh, but it's Russell Wilson, you know? The Brian, the Brian Schottenheimer offense could do this to anyone, even Russell Wilson. It's proving it right now, right here. Monday Brian, night was Brian Schottenheimer, by the, by the way, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, offensive coordinator who we saw on the Jets just completely do absolutely nothing but run the ball and throw slants Ruined for Mark like Sanchez. eight years. So, yeah, he he's, has been an offensive coordinator ten times in his life, ten full seasons. Nine times he was in the bottom half of the league in offense. So the fact that he still has a job is a joke. Sucks for Russell Wilson because he's not going anywhere. Sucks for Russell Wilson because the Seahawks are a joke. So I'm not super happy about being Russell Wilson. When the owner. Seahawks and Cowboys met in Week 16 last year, Russell Wilson threw for 93 yards. The game ended 21 to 12. Cowboys secondary has been lights out. They they have good players back there. Are are you st- are you considering benching Russell Wilson this week? Yeah, I'd yeah, rather start 12. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, interesting. Um. Will Disley? Disley has forced himself into the public eye, mm-hmm. fantasy-wise. And that's why if you have him, trade him immediately. One of, five, one of five tight ends to be a tight end one in weeks one and two. You're not getting anything for him if, if you're talking to people like you, Jason. I don't know. I feel like but Disley, you will get something if you talk to someone that's regular. Maybe. But I feel like he's a solid hold as well. Tight end is a tough position. Last week, that was a lot of garbage time production last week. It yeah, still but counts. He also doubled the amount of routes that Vanette ran. And the week one, Vanette ran way more routes. So it seems like the Seahawks are leaning towards this lead. But Ed Dixon is on the way back. Ed Dixon. Ed Dixon is you like, can't just disregard Ed Dixon. How old is he has Ed Dixon? 10, but he has $10 million coming to him. $10 million? 
Yeah. That's why Seattle sucks. $10 million. If they, they did, did. not this signing. season, but overall, I think it was three years, $10 million. Oh, okay. I thought you meant this season. No, no, no. Well, I mean, whatever. Bad contracts happen. Doesn't mean they're forced to play. Yes, it does. <laughs> not when it comes to tight ends. They just drafted Will Disley, who's looking great. Why Why would they bring in Ed Dixon? Because they're the Seahawks. Ed Dixon's actually 31, so he's younger than I thought. But three year, $10.7 million. Yeah. See, I don't mind shit. But I mean, I the, also, the signing bonus was 2.6. I mean, I don't know. There's else? one player that I really like. Tyler Lockett, I think that he plays the Doug Baldwin role when Doug Baldwin's out, and I think that uh, it's up for Tyler Lockett that he's going to be a wide receiver three until Doug Baldwin gets back. I was going to say, I have him as a back-end wide receiver three this week, mostly just because of the volume. I don't love the matchup, though. He's a big play guy, and the Cowboys have only allowed one 20-yard pass this year. One pass to go over 20 yards. Well, they're playing the Giants, who don't ever attempt that. And well, who what are the similarities here? They both have terrible offensive lines, Seattle and the Giants, and Dallas is a good deal line. Real quick, not for nothing. That's very true. Still, I'm looking at Ed Dixon's contract here. He uh, he had um, three point something, three point six million guaranteed, and his cap hit this year is one point eight million compared to the next two years where it's four and a half million. So I'm not even, I won't even be surprised if they cut him. They will. They'll play him until then. Um. Anyone else? Brandon Marshall. Yeah, four Tyler catches. Lockett. I agree. Tyler Lockett is a solid wide receiver three play. Are you playing Brandon Marshall I this agree. week? I, I said that I don't like I agree with week. Timmy. Marshall we have as a back-end flex play. Uh, he's had six targets in each of the last two games, so you can't ignore him, but he's not a interest, He's not a happy, uh, exciting play. If you own Dak Prescott and you're not in a two-quarterback lead, stop it! Um, That's not necessarily true. No, Why? stop it. He was a QB1 last year, and he used his legs a lot more last Go week. To sleep. Dude, I'm just saying it's not necessarily true. I'm not agreeing Go with... To sleep. Stop it. You're done, kid. Stop it. You're done. It's time. Remember that fucking uh, skit that ESPN used to do with Mike Ditka? Stop it. No, yeah, we're right. just saying it. <laughs> that, was, that was bad. Ezekiel Elliott has accounted for 49% of Dallas's offensive touches. Good. That's what we said they should do if they want to have any chance of winning when Deontay Thompson and Cole Beasley are their two leading targets. Ezekiel Elliott is a must-play every single week. What about Tavon Austin? Two receptions, 79 yards. The rare dual eligibility at wide receiver and running back. Oh. Is he a a guy that you— Yes, he is, but yo, you are the worst. He's also the rare guy. Who scores a touchdown once and is never going to play again. He's going to get like three touches a game. Who cares? What Yo, about Deontay Thompson? Who you want to hear a fun fact about Tavon Austin, though? Sure. He has more career regular season touchdowns this year than Corey Davis does. Bang. <laughs> uh, keyword regular season. He um, has more career touchdowns than Corey Davis, too. Um, That's not an insult. This guy got a $50 million contract once upon a time. Yeah, that was one of the worst contracts of all terrible time. Terrible GMs. Still got it. Is there anyone else on this team that you're starting? No. I say nay. Okay. Of course not. Defense. Start to defense. Real quick, Rico Gathers started playing more tight end. He's an athletic freak. I don't know if you guys know about Rico Gathers, but he played basketball at Baylor. I heard his name. I was like, Rico Gathers, and I remembered watching him because he played four years at Baylor, never touched a football field, and they signed him anyways because he's just an athletic freak, and he's learning the tight end position. That's crazy. That's interesting. That's definitely a Cowboys type story. Did you just fart that loud? No, that was, oh, that was the, a chair. Uh, chair. Oh, <laughs> I'm about to say, damn, Jason, that was an impressive fart. Um, anyone else? Move on, Tim. Let's check it. it. You can do it. What are the team names? Check it. Football. Football. Patriots at Lions is the next it. game. Um, the Patriots got their asses handed to them, but the big story: Josh Gordon practices for the first time as a Patriot this week. Um, looks like he's on pace. Looks like he's on pace to play. Probably play. I tweeted this. Guys, uh, you guys, I'm just, I'm just, you could go ahead, but you guys are bugging out with Josh Gordon. Hold on. Am I starting Josh Gordon? No. I have him as my 48th receiver. So but you're out here like, oh, Josh Gordon's going to end up being a wide receiver too. He can be. We're talking about a guy who. We're talking about a guy who came off the street after four years of not playing, had the Browns quarterbacks throw to him and put up 85 yards. Yeah, I'm aware. We're also talking about a guy who hasn't. Performed on in a trustworthy. Talking about a guy who caught a touchdown two weeks ago. For yeah, one touchdown. Okay, it happens. I get it. But you're just people are acting like he's like one of the greatest receivers of all time. He maybe he could have been. He had one of the but best. But he seasons. hasn't been on the field for like three years. Yes, he's back on the field now. I just he has to learn the whole Patriots playbook. 
Like, you guys expect him to be the new Randy Moss. I don't think he does. I think he just needs to go on the outside and they tell him to run a streak. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's going to. You don't need a playbook to run a streak. I I think, but if if that's the case, though, and if he's only running streak routes, then he's not going to be a wide receiver, too. Fine. I never said he's going to be a wide receiver, too. I wouldn't trade for him to be my wide receiver, too. Well, he said he has potential to do that. But I see the upside, yeah. How can you not see the upside? It's just, it's tough. You're obviously like playing. Jason, Jason today said he'd rather have Josh Gordon than Devin Funches. I would. Yeah. I think that's pretty crazy. <sighs> Funches is boring. It depends on your team. So if like on one of my teams, if I had, like Stefan Diggs and Golden Tate as my number one, number two receivers, I'm taking Josh Gordon number three. But if I had like uh, Golden Tate and Robbie Anderson, nah, like Quincy Anunua as one and two, then I'm going. Which Funches is three. I don't know what you is babbling about, kid. <laughs> when you told him that's not great, it's good, it's decent. But I'm not um, trusting what's his face today, this week, Josh Gordon. Yeah. Let me get into this though, because I think this is going to be the Sony Michelle coming out party. Oh, Jason, you're preaching to the choir. I was just about to talk about how I love Sony Michelle and how I drafted in all my leagues, and I'm so happy about it. Detroit has allowed 177 and 186 rushing yards the last two weeks. Sonny Michelle only played 13 snaps last week, but saw 11 touches. So basically, when he was on the field, he got the ball. Burke had Including sucked. on a sh- third and short in the second drive of the game. There so showing confidence in the kid right off the bat. Now, he didn't make it, but look, he didn't have a chance. They were in the backfield before he could even get there. Burke had 15 snaps and only saw six touches, so Michelle beat him out in that aspect. Uh, so I expect Burkhead and Michelle, I think they're both flex-worthy plays this week. I think both of them are interesting. Uh... And I wouldn't be surprised if people are rushing to try to get Sony Michelle at the end of this week. I love Sony Michelle. I think that you should have him wherever you're at. I think at. this is the least James White game of the year. For I would say be careful. Just because I what I said earlier about saying like the, the Detroit has has allowed the most rush yards this season. Big play to Crowell. Big play to Brita. Excuse the numbers. You know. Rex Burkhead didn't really play in the second or third quarter last week. I don't know what was going on. Maybe his game script. Here's what I think. Do you he want to... was involved in the passing game last year. I'm I'm good. Let this game happen. I think Rex Burkhead ends up with like 60 rushing yards and a touchdown or two. I have some Burkhead stock around. I'm trying to sell Burkhead. Here's the thing. I think last year when you had a backfield of Mike Gillisley, Rex Burkhead, and James White, and James White was the catching back, it was clear who the more talented back well, was, and that Dion. was Rex Burkhead. It's not clear anymore that Deion Lewis. I, okay, and Deion Lewis, excuse me, and Deion Lewis is the one who got the the carries. I think Sony Michelle takes that role. I mean, Rex, Bur- the Patriots also had seventeen rushing touchdowns, or I think something like that last year total, and I think that's Rex Burkhead's role as well. I don't. I'm not giving up on Rex Burkhead yet, as many people are. Just let this week happen first. If he gets out severely outplayed or something then it might be time to call it a bust but i'm i'm still okay with rex burkhead i'm not getting super scared what does this do for chris hogan because a lot of people were, were like chris hogan the number one wide receiver on the patriots and now it's number two and when edelman comes back maybe he goes he reverts back to his role he had last year i mean people are also panicking about chris hogan after his no show up his non-show up of week one, and then he went out and caught two touchdowns against the Jaguars. And his, one of them was garbage. His target share has been low this year, though. It has been low, but, I mean, he's going to – he'll probably run out of the slot more if Josh Gordon is going to be on the outside, which helps him. I, I still like Chris Hogan's outlook. Detroit's allowed the 29th worst points per attempt this season, so I think Hogan's a pretty good play this week, too. Fire up Rob Gronkowski, obviously. Of course. Guys? Yes. Guess which year the last time Robert Gronkowski had – Back to back tight end two weeks. 2011. His rookie year? 2011, yeah. Michael, you're not playing with your guesses today, bro. Bro, they're not guesses. They're educated guesses. <laughs> they're educated guesses. They're educated they're hypothesized facts of knowledge. Facts. Fact, fact, fact. um, that means. You can't trust Dorsett anymore, by the way. Yeah, Josh definitely. Cordero Patterson, if you were starting him, then uh, you're probably losing, so get out of here. Why? Uh, Why Detroit. His name? Because we talk about every fantasy viable player. He's not fantasy what was that? He's not a fantasy um, tw- The Detroit Lions on the other side. Matthew Stafford had a big game, 347 and three touchdowns in the air. This is the more of the Matthew Stafford that I expected to see when I said he was going to be the MVP of the league. Um, 
I like him again against the Patriots. A Patriots defense that is a bend but don't break kind of defense. So I think he's gonna rack up the yards again. I think Stafford is a great play, guys. They just got lit up by portals. Uh, Kenny Galladay had over 200 air yards last year, last week. Had six t- receptions, 89 yards, a touchdown. Continue continuing his meteoric rise as Baby Tron. I told you guys he was gonna end up you know better than Marvin Jones. Am I the only one? Off topic here, not football related. Am I the only one who had trouble with this whole meteoric rise thing? Like when I first learned about this phrase, because I didn't realize fall? the return, the uh, discussing like meteors, like a meteoric rise. Yeah, I thought of it as mediocre. Like it was a mediocre, meteoric rise. Like it was you're a mediocre a type rise. Yeah, I'm about to Jason, blow. On, I'm about to on, blow up Jason here. You're on quick. fire with your stories today because this reminded me of it. Which is the question. Jason? <laughs> oh man, this is about like seven, eight years ago. You know how in I'm cutting baseball this. there are. You're gonna cut it? No, I don't want to say. It. <laughs> there are a bunch of Cuban defectors. <laughs> <laughs> Players who come from Cuba. They're called that Cuban defectors. Well, the went back when there was an embargo, yeah. Exactly. Cuban defectors. It used to be <laughs> second nature for baseball players. Everyone knew what Cuban defector meant. Uh, Jason, for some reason, all the Cub- a lot of the Cubans were lefties. For some reason, he thought Cuban defector meant lefty. So one day he called me a Cuban defector. <laughs> I'm a lefty. <laughs> and I was so confused, and I explained to him what Cuban defector meant. And he was like, he was just silent. It was very long ago. It was like ten years ago. Um, Leave me alone, Jason. Don't worry, I'm gonna get Michael. Young. Michael wants. I wasn't even a teenager. Michael wants ate sand because I convinced him that it was powdered sugar. All right, Timmy uh, once had hair. Ah, suck it. All right, so um, yes, you're starting Matthew Stafford. What about this backfield? Ugh. No, gross. gross. No, no, for Carry On Johnson. I saw someone tweeted. I, I gotta talk about it right now. Someone tweeted at us and at like nine other fantasy advice sites asking uh, some questions and one of them was carry on johnson or sony michelle and i was the only one that said sony michelle like rest of season ad i think it's a no-brainer i'd much rather have sony michelle carry on johnson did get more work last week but i'm still not trusting he's him. still a detroit running back theo yeah. riddick is still there Legarry blunt is still there if eight, i'm starting one of them it's riddick he had 14 catches this season eight carries five to five uh Catches, excuse me. Theo Riddick had nine catches for 47 yards. He's averaging 5.2. It's basically a run. What? Theo Riddick is 5.2 yards a catch. Oh, yeah. It's basically a run. So Theo Riddick is the running back. Uh, You're starting Golden Tate for sure. Um, Kenny Galladay, keep cut trade. Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Wow. Keep. You got to cut. Cut. I'm cutting Marvin Jones right away, easily. I'm probably Michael's trading. Michael's going to keep Galladay. I think I'm going to trade Tate. Keep, dude, I fucking love Kenny Galladay. I've been on his bandwagon. I've heard I've heard these three referred to as 1A, 1B, 1C, not necessarily a 1, 2, 3 wide receiver. I think the way we're seeing it, Tate is the safe option. Galladay is the boomer bust option. Marvin Jones is the touchdown dependent option. So Galladay is no longer So keep cut trade, dude. Jason. I didn't say. He has one of the largest targets. Option, option, option. Uh, if I had all three on my team, I'd probably cut Marvin Jones. Uh, I'd keep Tate and Trade Galladay. Moving on to our final game, the Monday night. We're already here. It's it's already the final game, believe it or not. Um, what, what, how much are we looking? What's the time looking like? 54. Oh, look at us making good time. Um, the good Steelers time. put up <laughs> a whole shitload of points, but it wasn't enough to win the game. Ben Roethlisberger, um, Four fifty-two in the air and three touchdowns. He went completely ham. Uh, also ran in a touchdown, so he was responsible for four touchdowns. Uh, he's going against a Buccaneers defense that has been porous, to say the least. Yes. Uh, fun fact about Ben Roethlisberger as well. I lost my train of thought. The Steelers have won 10 straight primetime games, and in doing so, Big Ben has been very reliable even when on the road. So apparently playing in the limelight is enough to get Big Ben to think that he's playing at home. <laughs> so even though he's on the road, I'm making a slight um, exception here this week. James Conner only I'm, had... I'm not really. I'm not, I'm not starting Ben Roethlisberger. James Conner only had eight carries for 17 yards, but that's because game script basically made it so that he had to pass um, five carries for 48 yards. If you are a James Conner owner, how long... Are you trying to trade him? 
How long are you holding on to him? I'm holding on to him for as long as possible. Dude, another thing on uh, on Twitter that I saw in the beginning of the year, there's this fantasy site. I'm not going to call it names because I don't like doing that. That said, trade James Conner for Marlon Mack now and laugh at everyone in three weeks. Oh, my God. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, that was a real thing that happened. And I just, oh, man, I, I like put my phone down and just contemplated for share a minute. our website <laughs> let people know yeah about please it. share broto fantasy uh please please brotofantasy.com uh what about jesse james like i said before jesse when james. i saw what jesse james did which was 138 yards and a touchdown last week i said more i want the tight end facing kansas city than i want jesse james but the buccaneers defense porous well how do you feel about jesse james this week mcdonald ran one more route than james last week so i don't like either of them Right now, it's two tight ends playing one position, and it's not an offense that always supports a tight end. So, nuh-uh. It's all good points. Steven Ridley got to carry. Holla at your boy. Wow. Steven Ridley. Shout out to him. Juju went crazy. 13 receptions for 121 yards. Juju always goes crazy. The guy's beast. In case you guys forgot, you guys didn't make the deal because Timmy was just going crazy with his stuff. Yeah, Tim. I was right. But... Juju ended up as a top 15 receiver last week. You bet me twenty top 24. Did I? No, Timmy yeah. wanted to bet top 18, and that's when he backed, backed out. Oh, but right. He was Nailed a top it. five receiver. No, you didn't, you didn't take the bet, so you didn't nail shit. <laughs> um, Antonio Brown missed uh, film study on Monday. But yeah, but they're playing Monday night. He was back in the facility. Yeah. So when I realized we were playing Monday night, I was like, oh, this is a non-story that people are making a story. Antonio Brown needs to be owned in every daily fantasy lineup, in my opinion. I think I think they're going to feed him. They're going to concentrate on him. It's going to be a good time. I mean, can we argue against Antonio Brown? Nope. Uh, let's go over to the Buccaneers' side uh, for the last breakdown of the day. Ryan Fitzpatrick continues to be an absolute freaking animal. 402 in the air and four touchdowns. I mentioned this on VM. One thing I've noticed about Ryan Fitzpatrick during, during his career is when he has nothing to lose, he slings the ball over the place and is really effective. When the pressure starts to come, that's when he starts to crumble. Right now, he's slinging it, so I'm riding that to the very end. What do you guys think? I'm I'm buying into it. At some point, you got to start starting the guy, and right now we have him as our quarterback. Eight, I believe. Yeah, so, I mean... And at eight, you're starting guys who you feel more comfortable with, but then you're also starting him over other guys who might not have a good matchup. And this is a very good matchup for Fitz. We just saw Mahomes light up the Steelers. Uh, he's playing like he doesn't care, and that's what you like to see because he's just throwing deep balls to Mike Evans, to D-Jax, to Godwin. He doesn't really throw to tight ends. So Howard and Brait are a non... Howard did have a big... A big game last he week. Had, yeah, but that was more of a catch Showing and run. potential. Brait is no longer an option, period. No. It's O.J. Howard's tight end <clears throat> role. I also don't think O.J. Howard's reliable in a Fitz-led offense. We saw I think if Jets, Winston returns, O.J. Howard is a very good candidate to buy. If Winston returns, yeah. Uh, Peyton Barber, no. He's been irrelevant all season. Dude, I it's mean, ridiculous that the Buccaneers have, what, like almost 100 points scored this season? And Peyton Barber has done absolutely nothing. Like, they're I've doing been, it all without a running game. I've been saying it all week is because Peyton Barber's not a big running guy. All year, actually. It's because he's a I'll get four yards every carry guy, and they're just not running. Why run when Fitz is playing this way? Add Ronald Jones is my is my opinion on this. I guess, but I don't think the Tampa Bay back is going to be relevant. And Ronald Jones all, has been inactive year. the first two weeks yeah. of the year. Wait on it. Add Ronald Jones. Matrix? Chris Godwin, though, a wide receiver three performance as expected. Just also, doing it. he has two touchdowns. So what I'm saying is don't be surprised when he disappoints you this week. Bugging. Play him. Real quick, Tim, since we're we're officially done with the episode now. So I'm just we're gonna get into personal matters now because me Are and we? Jason were talking trades. Oh and if I ask you on air, <laughs> you have to answer. Okay. So that's that's how I roll. Jason wants Uh-oh. Sanders and Woods and okay. wants to give me Drake and Robbie Anderson. That's that's a that's an interesting trade. It, it is an interesting, interesting trade. trade. Sanders and Woods for Drake and Anderson. I love Kenny and Drake. What's your what's your wide receiver depth looking like? Michael has oh. the depth to do it. That's why I offered it. Yeah, him. I have Thielen, Hilton, Sanders, Woods, Aguilar, Godwin. What's your what's your running back situation looking like? It's poor. That's it's, why. 
It would help both our teams. Gurley. I honestly think I'm losing. Gurley, Connor, Burkhead, Wilkins. I'd make the deal. See, pull the I'm considering it, but... I think I'm losing the trade, but, to be honest. Jason is one of my top competitors every year, per usual. Why would I make his team better if I could just let him that's keep ter- losing? That's a terrible That's a terrible way to look at it. Make your team better, bro. Yeah. Make, make your team better at the expense of his. What are you talking about? Now, now you're making me second guess. You're going to miss out on this trade because... I'm second That's terrible team. logic. No offense. It's terrible. Michael, where can they That's find you? You're terrible logic. shaking in his boots because the two-time <laughs> champion out of the last three years. You're looking at the two champions of the last three years. Jason, Tim, Jason. You're looking at them. That's right. And he's scared. Well, you're scared. We're, we're, we're staring you down. You see his pimple throbbing? <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to pop that. Michael, where can they find you? I can't wait till next week where you don't have to talk about pimples anymore. <laughs> Mike underscore Patrop. Jason, where can they find you? Jason Patrop. You can find it for all of us at Brodo Fantasy. Also, BrodoFantasy.com for the rankings. Oh, yeah. And if you want to find me personally, at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real. Can give a quick shout out to Fisky. Cool thing about this. Uh, website you can track where people are looking from from countries we got the u.s we got canada we got the uk mexico ireland and brazil we are equal opportunity fantasy monsters all of you within and outside of america visit brotofantasy.com but until next time we'll see you later later brotofantasy.com